Not all marketing people are writers, but all writers must learn to be marketers. Joanne Kraft. Welcome to episode 41 of the Turn Right Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to read three of the back of the books, the blurb, if you will, of three different stories in pretty different genres. And I'm going to pick out some things that really stick out to me, uh, reasons why I would pick up the book, and then conversely, reasons why I might pass or little things that I might find boring. This is all opinion-based, and reading and writing is somewhat very subjective. Um, So, you know, if you like something that I didn't, or if you don't like something that I did, you know, that's totally valid and that's totally your opinion. But these are just some reasons why I might pick up the book. So first, I will say uh, trigger warning about this one book topic. This is The Program by Suzanne Young. I absolutely love this book. I bought it because I saw it on Pinterest. Not because I read the back of the book, but if I had never picked up this book before, I am fairly certain I would pick it up based on the back of the book. I think it's really good, and I'm going to break it down as I read it to you. Sloan knows better than to cry in front of anyone. With suicide now an international epidemic, one outburst could land her in the program, the only proven course of treatment. Sloane's parents have already lost one child. Sloane knows they'll do anything to keep her alive. She also knows that everyone who's been through the program returns to the blank state because their depression is gone, but so are their memories. That first paragraph just comes out with a bang. That first sentence, Sloane is not allowed to cry. There's this national suicide epidemic. You know, I just have already so many questions like, what is this caused from? So I'm going to get sick with this epidemic. And what is this program? It's so intriguing. You know, it sounds like a lot of government control, but maybe it isn't because their depression is gone. So I find that element very interesting as well. Then the second paragraph says, Under constant surveillance at home and school, Slope Sloan puts on a brave face and keeps her feelings buried as deep as she can. The only person Sloan can be herself with is James. He's promised to keep them both safe and out of treatment, and Sloan knows their love is strong enough to withstand anything. But despite the promises they've made to each other, it's getting harder to hide the truth. They are both growing weaker. Depression is setting in, and the program is coming for them. So there's three things I really, really like about this blurb. One, the stakes seem to be really high. You know, it's either your memories or live with this depression inside of you. Which is it going to be? Second, I like that there's a love interest. We know that Sloane has feelings for James, and I personally love a sci-fi dystopia with a love interest. Three, this seems quick-moving and action-packed. Every sentence tells me something about this story, and it makes me want to keep reading. They left with this huge cliffhanger that they're both getting weaker and the program is coming for them. Next, let's look at the back of Something Borrowed by Emily Giffen. If you have listened to some other episodes of this podcast, you might know that this is my favorite chick lit book of all time. I just absolutely love it. And I picked this book up one time at Target. I read a couple pages and I was hooked and I bought the book. Rachel White is the consummate good girl, a hardworking attorney at a large Manhattan law firm and a diligent maid of honor to her charmed best friend, Darcy. Rachel has always played by all the rules. I really like that first sentence. It really tells us who Rachel is. It's a deep dive into her character. And I think that's really reflective of Emily Giffen's writing is that she really establishes the character well. Also kind of intriguing that Rachel has seemingly always played by the rules. 
Since grade school, she has watched Darcy shine, quietly accepting the sidekick role in their lopsided friendship. But that suddenly changes the night of their 13th birthday when Rachel finally confesses her feelings to Darcy's fiancé and is both horrified and thrilled to to discover that he feels the same way. Whoa, mega plot twist. Rachel has feelings for her best friend's fiancé? Say no more, I am hooked. Again, very high stakes, but what I think makes them even better is the stakes are personal since there's this little love triangle going on. As the wedding date draws near, events spiral out of control. If you notice, in both of these blurbs, the authors are using pretty strong word choices like spiral out of control, lopsided friendship. They're very loaded phrases because you have to be loaded and flashy if you want people to pick up your book. And Rachel knows she must make a choice between her heart and conscience. In doing so, she discovers that the lines between right and wrong can be blurry, endings aren't always neat, and sometimes you have to risk everything to be true to yourself. Now, I think this last sentence is a little bit weaker. I think it's a little bit more generic. I would like to know, you know, a little bit more maybe about the lines being blurry, something more specific from the novel. But I can see why they chose that line because it's kind of just keeping everything high concept. I really like this because it really appeals to the characters of the story and I can tell that this is going to be character driven and I can tell there's going to be some pretty big twists and very high stakes. Now let's look at the back of Paper Towns by John Green. I read this book because John Green's a pretty popular author. I've liked some of his other books so that's why I picked this one up. I didn't really do much research on it. Who is the real Margot? Quentin Jacobson has spent a lifetime loving the magnificently adventurous Margot Roth Spielgman from afar. So when she cracks open a window and climbs into his life, dressed like a ninja and summoning him for an ingenious campaign of revenge, he follows. After their all-nighter ends and a new day breaks, Q arrives at school to discover that Margot, always an enigma, has now become a mystery. But Q soon learns that there are clear rules and they're for him. Urged down a disconnected path, the closer he gets, the less Q sees the girl he thought he knew. Now, I read this book several years ago, and to be honest, in today's day and age, at 25 years old, I don't think I would pick up this story. It just seems a little bit too immature for me. However, it does have this nice element of a love story, which I think is attractive to many readers. We kind of really get the character of Margot. She's really this you know, crazy kind of character, like she's dressed up like a ninja and they're going to go out and do some sort of revenge. But what kind of revenge is it? I kind of want to know more, John Green. I don't think that was that descriptive. You know, what really happens? Is there more between Q and Margot's relationship? John is kind of leaving that up to us to decide. The cliffhanger is pretty weak in my opinion. It's just that Q doesn't really know this Margot girl and she's a mystery. I feel like that's kind of every story ever. Like, you don't really know the person. They become someone different. You know, you feel disconnected from things for a while. So to me, I feel like this is actually a pretty vague blurb. It is very well written, but at the same time, it's vague. And I can can tell that I'm going to like the characters, but I don't really understand the stakes of the novel fully. So these are my overall opinions on writing blurbs. They should obviously be concise 
and be telling of the character plot, the stakes, a hint of the theme, such as the government control and the program, I think is appropriate. I love when I can really get a picture of the characters. Like Giffen painted for me, um, the more fast-paced the blurb is, I think the stronger it gets. And I think it's tricky to balance the art of being descriptive with being high concept. Let me know what you thought. Did you read any of these books? What are some other good blurbs that you might use to help yourself write a query letter or blurb for the back of your book? Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I'll talk to you guys on our next road trip.